Riverside. What's going on, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of uh, all sorts? Happy Sunday, December 11th, uh, getting close to the holiday season. We're back with another episode of the Backside Ground Balls podcast. Uh, And apparently last week went well. Um, Colin is going to be hanging out with us a little bit more. Colin, thanks for coming back. Super excited to have you around a little bit. It's good to be able to see you and talk to you this much. Back on. Yeah, we're excited. Trev, how are you doing? You know, living the dream. Same old, same old. Coming coming to you guys live from the beautiful Lillington, North Carolina. It's bustling this time of year. Oh, it's great. Parades in uh, Apex and Lillington yesterday. Christmas parades. Very festive. So, Colin, check this out. So, uh, my wife and I and then Trevor and Danielle, we went to dinner last night, and we were going to go ice skating in downtown Raleigh, which – I've, yeah, well, I've never ice skated, really. Like, I think there's some there's some evidence of me ice skating maybe when I was five, which just had a lot to do with, like, the free skate at UD's arena. And then, like, my brother just throwing me into the boards. So I wasn't really skating. I was just on the ground the whole time. So we decided to do this last night, right? And uh turned into a little bit of an adventure for me and Trev because first – we go to get tickets to go ice skating. And of course, like, you know, every basic person in Raleigh, North Carolina, we couldn't get tickets. It was sold out to go ice skating from 9 to 11 p.m. on a Saturday night. Whatever. Me and Trevor were not going to be denied. So we we're like, all right, let's figure out something else. So whatever, we walk we, we walk, and we go get some gelato. It was fantastic. Good gelato. Um, no free ads, so I won't shout out where we got it from. And then we walked down, we walked down like the main street, and we, uh, we happened upon the uh, – the, I guess it was like the theater. And uh, we had just missed the North Carolina State Symphony Christmas show, which like we could have been there. So we didn't, not only did we miss ice skating, we missed the symphony show. Uh, I know we have important things to talk about, but I just wanted to put it out there that I, that was a little bit disappointing. I had a great time. It was a lot of fun, but that was a little disappointing. It was, it was straight up good company bad results like just that that yeah. defines the night it was like good company we had a good time doing like if you really recap like the night on the whole like it was really anticlimactic. like it, it, we didn't get to go ice skating we had we wanted to go to other dinner places we probably set or settled for option k we went to well, the, the the dessert the gelato was very good we missed the orchestra, like just in terms of nights like that, that could just be any old night on, but good company made the day a little bit better, made the night a little bit more successful, but there's no doubt about that. And, you know, for, for our listeners too, to kind of roll back on, on what Dan was saying about Colin joining us again, you know, it's a big, the, the backside ground balls were in the free agent market and, and we open it up. We got, we got the, the core three coming back for next year. We, we signed a big time free agent. So, for anybody who's been a listener from from day one, yeah, this is going to be for the foreseeable future. So, you know, we're very excited to have Colin be a part of this franchise and and help help grow to to where we want to be. Happy to be here. Keep it going. <laughs> get everybody going in the community. Hopefully, it starts spreading around and get more guys on here. 
That'd be awesome. I mean, Trevor, I think we can, a lot of it has to thank Trevor, Steve Cohen Powers for opening up the checkbook to lock you down, Colin. <laughs> Look, the checks are um, blank. Let me circle back real quick uh, to last night. I'm sorry. I know people don't want to hear about our, our, our Saturday out. Um, whiskey Kitchen in Raleigh, figure it out. Figure it out. How are people supposed to eat there when you don't have like figure it out? That's all I have to say. Driving me nuts. How do I? It's I hear about how good it is. You can't get in the door. I got to book something for June tomorrow if we ever want to go. Unbelievable. It better be the best. Like, and what you know? What happens when something like this uh, goes on is now my expectations are probably going to be too high for them to meet as a food snob. One hundred percent. I'm tough for them. Colin, you had an adventure this weekend, huh? Was that uh, this weekend that you, you went and saw Santa Claus? Uh, yes. We took uh, took our dog, Teddy, to go see uh, Santa Claus that was not really a Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How much Santa Claus? <laughs> it so was I know sweet. there's it's okay. It's okay. But my question is, I know there's some minor leaguers out there that uh, have to work in the offseason. What would it take to get you to be a, a mall Santa Claus this time of year? How much are we talking? Uh, good amount. <laughs> good amount. I would never yeah. do it. I don't think I could ever. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know. That'd be a lot. The job market's tough right now, Dan. I don't know. I'm like, that's true. I do, that's you, have a, true. you have a rough winter, bro. The, the picture Colin showed us for those people that don't know, like the Santa Claus is about the size of me. Like it's like five foot nine, one hundred eighty five pounds. Like suits too big. Like it literally like is just your average average Italian dude of the Italian shit. descent. Bluff it up That's a little it. bit, make it look kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff it, dude. What are we doing? Yeah, oh, and here's like what have a hundred percent what happened. First of all, where were you at, Christiana? No, Dover. So, oh, Dover God. Mall. Okay, well that makes a little more sense. The Dover Mall, yeah, right next to the uh, Hollywood Raceway and Casino. Hopefully, you and the oh, dog yeah. stepped in and played some penny slots. But a hundred percent, what happened? What I feel like what happened in that scenario was the uh, like the re- the. The Santa that they had hired initially couldn't make it. Called a flat somewhere between, you know, Smyrna and Dover, and then, <laughs> and then and then they just grabbed some guy who was sitting, you know, sitting in the food court chowing down on chicken now. And uh, you know, it was me. I just I just couldn't do it for the the price they were saying. <laughs> there you go. That's unbelievable. Wasn't enough. That's a good picture. That's okay. Hey, we're creating memories this time of year. All of us. We're trying to. All of us are trying to do the, uh, you know, please the spouses and and do the Christmas stuff. And all three of us have struck out this weekend. So that's good to know. Every anybody else out there who's trying to do the same thing, you're not alone. There's plenty more strikeouts to come. <laughs> Nonstop. You get used to it. Keep on swinging. <laughs> Three out of ten times is all we got to do. Oh, man. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. So the real reason we're here tonight, the winter meetings happened uh, this past week. And wow, unless you haven't paid attention to Major League Baseball, the winter meetings went crazy this year. Uh, Something that Trevor and I have been begging for is the MLB offseason to be at least somewhat enjoyable. Awesome. Just uh 
names started coming off the board like crazy. It started with Trey Turner going to the Phillies, um, 11 years, $300 million. Then the Phillies weren't done. They added uh, mid-rotation help. They gave four years to Taiwan Walker and then uh, got some bullpen help two years to Matt Strom. And once that happened, it kind of felt like the snowballs were going to keep falling. Xander Bogarts, another one of the big shortstops off the board. He goes to the Padres, which um, it seemed to me, guys, that the Padres were big game hunting. We'll get into them in a second. They just were throwing contracts at every big name superstar. They had been in on Turner. They were also in on Aaron Judge, we found out. They offered a ton of money to Aaron Judge, who ends up going back to the Yankees for nine years, $360 million. Colin, also our math expert, let us know that was $40 million earlier a year, which is crazy. <laughs> it's that Wake Forest education. That Wake degree. Unbelievable. Um, and then they j- just kept coming. Some smaller moves. The Rangers continued to add pitching. They got Andrew Heaney, the Cardinals, big move. They replaced Yadier Molina uh, by taking Wilson Contreras off their biggest rival, the Cubs. Uh Gave out some some kind of team-friendly deals. They got Bellinger on a one-year prove-it deal. They got J-Mo for uh, four years as well. A little bit less money than the Phillies got Walker for, which is interesting. Um, the Guardians got Josh Bell, which is about as big of a splash as the Guardians are going to make. Good for them. I'm happy they're at least doing something. Um, the Red Sox, who lost out on Bogarts, they go ahead and get Masataka Yoshida, who was posted um, just before the winter meetings. He is a left-handed power bat i don't know if you guys seen any um video of him but dude can rake it'll be fun to watch him he can go oppo too so i think he might actually have like a, a good time in boston with uh the monster and then all those names i didn't mention one team obviously stevie um cohen trevor's uncle couldn't be left out of the party uh david robertson one year 10 million uh Brandon Nimmo goes back to the Mets. Eight years for Brandon Nimmo. Jose Quintana, who had a resurgent year last year between the Pirates and the Cardinals, he goes to the Mets as well. And just when we thought maybe they'd be slowing down, what's their next move? They signed Coda. I can't say his name. I'm going to butcher it. Coda? Kode? Senga? Kode. Kode Senga. Also a Japanese import. Really good stuff. The only time people have probably seen him, you'd have to really remember this. Um, I'm a sicko. I'm sorry. He pitched in the championship game of the last World Baseball Classic against the USA team. That's where I've seen him pitch. Um, I've also, obviously, if you pitch Ninja, has posted highlights. A lot of them looks to, to be the part. So the Mets continue to spend. Um, guys, let's start with the Mets because I think it's interesting to see what they've done because I think there's two sides to this argument. I'm interested what you both have to say in the sense that, one, a lot of people are, are upset that – Steve Cohen is spending all this money. I mean, they're gonna their their payroll is probably gonna be somewhere in the like it's getting close to four hundred million, um, which is insane. Uh, we've never seen anything like that. They're gonna be paying guys four hundred million dollars this year to play for them. It started when they got Verlander, obviously. Um, they give Ver- Verlander two years, uh, eighty six million, right? And then they they bring back Nimmo. They bring in Robertson, they bring in Quintana. They'd obviously, the first thing they had done this year was re-sign Edwin Diaz to a huge contract. So I guess my question for you guys is, is do we like what the Mets are doing? Because to me, it's like you lose DeGrom, right? You replace him with Verlander. You bring back Nimmo. You bring back Edwin Diaz. It looks like Chris Bassett's out the door. So you bring in Jose Quintana. You bring in Senga, obviously. You lose an Adam Adovino. You bring in a 38-year-old David Robertson for 10 mil. 10 mil. Are, how are we feeling about the Mets? I... You know, I 
I want to first off preface this with whatever I say tonight. Just remember, I know everybody who listens to this is going to ignore this fact of I am pro player. I am pro spending. I am pro all types of things, right? But I'm also pro intelligence behind it. And so as you can tell where I'm probably going to go with this, you, the Verlander deal doesn't bother me that much. I'm all on board with high average annual value and get get them off the books as quick as possible. The the contracts that hold up your franchise and really impact your franchise long term are the ones that stay on the books for five years past their prime and they bother you and they handcuff what you're able to do, which gets me to the next point of Brandon Nimmo. Is he worth eight years? I personally don't think so. I wouldn't want to spend eight years of Brandon Nimmo at above average lead value. And, but so as I go from there, it's just, it's at the point where they're just spending money for the sake of spending money, which I guess good for, good for Steve Cohen, good for Mets fans. That's awesome to see. And if he's able to, the the biggest thing is going to be his ability to maintain that, like keep that energy when your team goes below 500 with, your $400 million payroll, because that's a reality of the situation where in the angels spent, you know, all these teams have spent, they've splashed, they win the off season, they go and get all these guys. And then they just turn around and go win 86 games because, you know, maybe those guys don't perform up to $30 million a year value or in Justin Verlander's case, $43 million a year value for a guy who's 39 years old. And so it's just, it's tough for me to, like, again, like if you have the money, go do it, but you better in five years, you better not be complaining when your team might not be up to par because you're starting to see the the results that might not pay dividends to that. Colin. I agree too. just from like a player's perspective, like just seeing position players workload, just, you know, every single day they're out there playing every game. And I mean, I'm sure you're going to get, maybe four or five years that are really good out of them. And then soon you're going to start to see that just start to slow down a little bit, just from just normal aging, normal, just fatigue every day, just being tired. So I think that's a pretty big risk to go eight years with a position guy. I think that could come back to bite him, But I think, I think like with a lot of teams, they're looking to get, three, four, five really good years out of him and then start to maybe bring in some of their younger prospects as he starts to get to the end of his career. He can kind of be like that bridge guy before the next guy comes in. But I think they're really banking on four or five years of really good play. And then after that, it's going to be – it could be tough. But I don't know Brandon Nimmo, so I don't really know what his his everyday, like, workload is, what he's doing recovery-wise. But just from seeing it every day – position players it's it's tough for them playing i mean 162 games plus playoffs it's it's a long season it's it's definitely a grind and i i hear you both on that and i guess my question then i'm just going to keep peppering questions at both of you then and and either one of you whoever wants to answer this kenneth my question is is if you're sitting if i can put you guys in steve cohen's position though Right, You were brought in, and the promise that you were brought in with was that you were going to spend and do whatever it takes to win. You you win 101 games. Buck Walter, you hired. You made a bunch of moves. You go get Scherzer this year. You lose to – like not only do you lose to Grom, but in your first year, the Atlanta Braves win the World Series. In your second year, another division team who came in third in the division behind you in the regular season goes to the World Series. Now you lose to Grom to start the next offseason. Don't – like – 
if you're in his shoes, don't you kind of understand why he's doing this? And I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm sticking up for the Mets because never, but like from his position, wouldn't you be feeling the pressure of I got to win now, like now? I guess, yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying, 100%. But and my whole point of my what I said was, you better keep that energy. Like that's ultimately like you better keep that energy. You better be able to do that in five years. And Colin made a really good point about prospects because we talked about it how many times this year. Where are teams built? Depth through their own player development, pitching depth, position player depth, all those kinds of pieces that really make true World Series teams. It comes from in house. But what happens when you're expected to win? You trade prospects for value at the deadline. So when you're trading prospects every year and trading prospects and trading prospects and then filling with free agent pieces, I'm sorry. I I will put it in. Uh, this is recorded. You can bring it back to me. I don't think Brandon Nimmo is going to be valuable at 37. He's not. Well, that's a different time. How many, time. Position, I mean, that's, pl- yeah. How many that's position players right? alone? That's about him. Right. Well, but that's yeah. about him. That's a little bit more about Nimmo yes. because I think the argument with Nimmo becomes is, is the player worth the value that you just gave him? I and again, like I get, like maybe I don't even know off the top of my head of what the average annual value is. Yeah, okay, but my whole point is, those are the contracts that handcuff you down the road, right? You shouldn't be having a guy who's getting paid twenty five million a year, roughly twenty million a year, on your books being unproductive. You have to make tough position. Do you cut them loose? Do you try to offload them? Like there's so many more things. It's the long contracts that hurt franchises. Like I would almost rather see them go like, Hey, Brandon Nimmo, you want to come back? Here's five years, 150. And like, I'm all on board of like, let's just get like, I think I always say like, if, if you think a guy's going to be worth five years of production, you give them seven to get a deal done and you bite the bullet. But I just have a hard time believing that these 29-year-olds deserve contracts that are that big because we've seen Miguel Cabrera fall off. We've seen Pujols fall off. Like, off the top of your head, and I get those guys are like different, they're unique, but who's a 37-year-old who's still productive? Who's a 35-year-old position player, position player in today's game who's still productive on an everyday basis? Tough. Not a lot. <laughs> There aren't a lot, but I guess my question, but my question, but my question, I like, I, I see where you're at and I, I understand that, but, and Colin, I'll ask you this, Colin, if you're a guy who's going into the free agency, okay, and Trevor approaches you and he wants to give you seven, right? But then mm-hmm. a team down the road says, we're going to give you 11. Taking the 11, all that service okay. time. Right, like, don't you think that a little bit of right? Exactly, don't you think that a little bit of like, uh, like the it's market driven a lot of it. Yeah. Like, and sure, mm-hmm. what you're going to turn and say to me is, well, the Dodgers and the Astros aren't doing it. And it's like, yeah, well, the Dodgers and the Astros are also like doing things that no one else is doing because you they know who else is paying guys. Depth. Right, they have the depth that like no one else has is where I'm at. Like, so for me, if I'm sitting in the shoes of like, there's really three organizations off the top of my head that like I can't I can't do it the same way. I can try, but I don't think it's going to be successful. And that's the Astros, the Dodgers, and the Braves because what the Braves have done is they've gotten young guys up and they've locked they've paid they've given them nine ten years, but they're 22. So it's like okay, till you're yes. 32, and that's cool. <laughs> but but if I don't have a player in my system that's worth that, how am I supposed to start competing then? How long do you want me to be bad? 
I think they like maybe saw how competitive like the Phillies were getting after the year they had. They're adding Trey Turner eleven years, they're adding all these pieces, so I think it's Cohen trying to like keep up with them, but then again, it can still hurt them like later down the road. But I can see I can see how he thinks it's good because he's getting them for eight years, holding them on. Like he'd be competitive for however long the the Phillies might be and like those teams, but he can still hurt them. But who knows? It can still hurt you, but I think in, in anything you do, there's going to be some some risk reward. You have to if you go into oh, business not right not taking on any risk or reward, then you're never going to accomplish anything. Right? You're just going to be in the same place as when you started. If let me ask you guys this. If the Mets win a World Series and are in the playoff for the for the next, let's say for the first five years of Brandon Nimmo's contract, which also includes the end of Scherzer's deal, Verlander, Edwin Diaz, for the first five years of Brandon Nimmo's contract, the Mets win one World Series or in the postseason every year and make another World Series, is it worth it? Yes, I would say. Yeah, I think so, and and because that's another point, and I was kind of leaning more towards this with the Phillies side of things but the one thing that i will not sit here and argue because i don't know is how much ticket sales impact this how much playoff ticket sales impact this and how much jersey sales impact this you look at the bryce harper contract you could argue that jersey sales alone makes the contract worth it but we don't know the i'm not the phillies and accountant i don't know i don't know what that looks like i don't know how much revenue comes in jersey sales i don't know how much revenue comes in in ticket sales i don't know how much the world series this year impacted it i don't i really don't so i'm talking about on field value solely if if you could if dave dombrowski comes out and says listen on field this doesn't make sense. If Steve Cohen comes out and says on the field, this doesn't make sense. But I can tell you when we're playing games in October for the next four to five years, we make enough money through the three to five home games that we get every year to pay off every one of these contracts. Then I'll sit there and say, I agree, but I don't know the answer to that. So I'm talking about solely when I make this argument and talk about these things in this, it's solely is Brandon Nimmo worth eight years of 25 million. No. In my opinion, right, is I think Senga's the best pro- the best contract that they had out of all of them. You know, the little bit of high risk, not too long, huge reward potential. I mean, that split finger comes over and it starts getting out. We've seen what a split finger can do. And if his fastball has any legit play in Major League Baseball, I know it, it has the velo readings, but if it has any bit of life, like you're talking about a top of the rotation arm for, you know, a good price, not, not very expensive and not going, you know, off the deep end with that contract. And, you know, we've already given our dues to pitching and how long-term pitching is and how it seems to be that guys are able to kind of hold their success longer. But for the position player side of things, and it's market dictated, like you said, it's 100% market dictated. Trey Turner wanted length. The Padres pushed the number up. The Phillies matched it. That was all they did. So could you blame Dombrowski in that situation? No, because the market dictates what the guy gets. Mm-hmm. All right. I, yeah, I, I just – for me, it's hard to compartmentalize like that. Like when I look at this, I'm going to look at it over the overall health of the organization. And, and your goal is to win the World Series as an organization unless you operate in Pittsburgh – where I don't not sure what they're doing. I wish I could I wish the Pirates had a plan. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> that too. But my point being is, is like, if, if my goal is to win the World Series, and I think these are moves to, to, to try and push you to that, here's my argument with the Mets, and I'm going to ask you this, Colin. Just, are they better than they were last year? I think losing the Grom hurts, but I think adding Verlander does help, but then they also lost Walker. I don't think a lot of people really saw how valuable Walker was. He was consistent, made every start through – I don't know how many innings, but he was a really good piece. I, I think, I think they're trying to play catch up with like a lot of the other teams, but I still think they're a little behind taking like the risk with Nimmo, losing Walker, losing Degrom. I mean, they're taking a risk with uh, I can't remember his name. The Senga, Senga, yeah, Senga, big risk, high reward, or it could be no reward at all. So, right, mm-hmm. I think they're just playing their cards and hoping they you know hoping they hit them right can, can i dan and i'll like to hear your answer on this too can i ask you it even better this way not even are they better than last year are they better than the braves are the phillies better than the braves after these moves oh man i think with swan, with swanson going I they seem to think they up. don't need Swanson, so yeah. I don't know where, where that's coming from. But they, well, they, they really like Vaughn Grisham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we want to talk about the overall health of a franchise. They're giving out seven-year deals to 22-year-olds. Sure. So here's The so, Phillies are giving out 11-year deals to 29-year-olds. But like, it, it, sure, the overall – that's so tough to put into comparison, though, because for me – the overall health of the organization in Atlanta is in a great spot, and I don't think anyone would argue that the other teams in that division are playing catch up there. I personally, I don't think the Mets. I think the Mets replaced what they lost and, and had to pay a lot more for it. Now they yeah. won 101 games last year, so replace what you lost. If you do the same thing and maybe don't just bow out in the playoffs, then you did what you needed to do. You just had to pay significantly more for it. I don't think the Mets are a better team. Um, it's hysterical to see the the flip on Twitter of Mets fans. Like how Verlander is so much better than Degrom. Degrom was always hurt. Like stop it. Like that is that like that is blasphemy. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Colin said it last time. I agree with him. Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher on the planet. He is the. I know you're hurt. Right. Like it's 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 okay to be hurt. Um. Anyway, I don't think they got better. Are they better than the Braves? No. Did the Phillies put themselves closer to the Braves? Yeah, I think the Phillies got better than they were last year, and that's a team that knocked out the Braves and went to the World Series. Is the overall health of the organization better than the – and let me say this. I don't think this makes the Phillies better than the Braves this year necessarily because you're probably without Bryce Harper until the, after the All-Star break. So, like, yes. you lose your MVP for that long, you're probably not going to catch the Braves because the Braves the Braves will be 500 in the middle of May, and then you'll look up and they've won 104 games, and they're really good. To your point, though, Trevor, to me it comes back to the Braves won the World Series. If they win another one. And they do like, yeah, great. But then are they going to consistent? Is, is Ronald Acuna and Michael Harris? And it might, the answer might be yes. Are in when those guys are 32, if you don't want to pay them because you paid them when they were 22 and they're free agents, are you going to have a Ronald Acuna and a Michael Harris and an Austin Riley like right behind to come up through the farm system? Because in my mind, like, then we're then we're even. If the Phillies win a World Series and you've won one, and we we've, we've all been in the postseason a bunch, and we've traded off winning the division, and yeah, great, you paid them when they were younger. So my Trey Turner contract looks bad, but now you're not re-signing Ronald Acuna or Michael Harris. What do you have? 
So wouldn't we be wouldn't we be level at that point? There's a little bit more dead money on the Phillies and Mets books. I get that, but like, how many of those guys are going to be dead money? Two. You can work around two bad contracts. Yeah, but like, and and I know credit to Dave Dombrowski for what he did to build the Phillies team that took them to the World Series. But this is what Dave Dombrowski does. Dave sure. Dombrowski lights a match on organizations to go for a couple World Series runs and then walks away and gets fired after two years and then it's but up that, in flames. But, in the pa- but he hasn't, he's yet to do that in Philadelphia, is my point. The top three years- pitching prospects are all waiting to come up. I know. One of them is 19 that's, that's is going to the club. And he that's, hasn't that traded he- any of the prospects that he did in the past in Boston or Detroit. So, like, again, like, if Dave Dombrowski wins another World Series, and people love to knock Dombrowski for that, the guy's won a World Series with three different organizations. Yeah, and he – That and, is literally again, your job. He has literally been fired from the last two organizations sure, and set them back I, I, for years. Well, he didn't win an organization with the one – he didn't win a, a World Series with the Tigers, so, I, I like, fine. But, like, he has been – I guess my point is, is in baseball, it seems like – especially especially outside of like other sports we're always chasing the future you like teams are just like oh but you can't you don't want to don't trade your prospect what if he's really good what if he's not and then i don't win and i never win and then i'm constantly chasing my tail like yes we all want to be the the astros and i'm not even gonna put the dodgers in this category because the dodgers handed out a mega deal to freddie freeman they handed out a mega deal to mookie betts they get they get like a lot of coverage because they're also really good at developing. But let's not act like the Dodgers don't hand out huge contracts. They do. They have the money to do it. My point is, is in baseball, it frustrates me because sometimes we're just constantly talking about, well, then you set the organization. Like Dave Dombrowski, set the, he set the Red Sox organization on fire. Great. Well, Heim Bloom, who, what has he done? Let Mookie Betts walk. Let Xander Bogarts walk. So great. How happy are you as a Red Sox fan? You want to hate Dave Dombrowski because he set you back. He won you a World Series. He paid guys to do it. Now you've lost Mookie, you've lost Xander Bogarts, and you have yet to re-sign Rafael Devers. How happy are you as a fan of that organization now? But you could argue the reason they didn't sign Mookie was because they had money tied up in other people. Okay, then what's the they, argument they for signing? They paid Steven Pierce because he won a World Series MVP. That was all he did. And they, they That's paid fair, but that, you're, they, again, you're talking about one guy. If we didn't, if we didn't sign Mookie because of that, I'm not going to – like that's fair to me. And, and again, okay, like bad my, job with Mookie by signing Stephen Pierce. You you didn't sign Xander Bogarts, but you brought you paid a ton of money for an, a little bit of an un, unknown in Masataka Yoshida. Why hasn't Devers gotten his contract extension? That, that's, none of this is Dave Dombrowski's fault. Yeah, 100% it's not. And obviously Devers wants to test the free agent market. He has every right to test the free agent market. There's nothing that, that's kind of the circumstances of the position you're in. And my main issue too of the fact of like you brought up the Dodgers throwing around big money contracts. The other thing that I don't think people are talking about, and it's a credit to some guy on TikTok because my brother sent it. But when you when you have a guy who's older, what allows them to be a valuable offensive player? Right. I think there's two things, and this guy pointed it out, and it makes a whole lot of sense: chase rate and on base percentage. Right, and they obviously correlate. Right. Right. Trey Turner does multiple things very well. Right. The things he doesn't do well, not chase. And right. he runs a lot. Like I just right. that that's what bothers me the most. Like and even Xander Bogart's contract. I don't love the Xander Bogart's contract, but he has a skill set similar to like Jose Altuve, where you're like, Oh, well, you know he's gonna get on base, he's gonna pop twenty homers, you know, he might not be playing shortstop at an elite level. Right. 
I just feel like the fall off for Trey Turner, the second he loses his legs and the second he loses a little bit of hand-eye coordination to make contact with those balls off the plate that he's able to kind of create havoc with, you're, you might be seeing a guy who's 33 falling off a cliff and you got him for freaking seven more years, eight more years. Six, six. Yeah. Right? Six, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, seven. seven because whatever, he'd be six, whatever it is. Until he's 40. 40. So, like, right. that, that is the, and again, like, the market dictated. So, obviously, the Padres were willing to give a shortstop 11 years, right? Because they gave Bogarts 11 years. So, obviously, the Padres pushed that number for Trey Turner. Trey Turner wanted to go to the East. He probably picked up the phone to the Phillies. He wanted length. He didn't want average annual value. He wanted like the same way Harper wanted length. Machado wanted length. These guys, they could have easily signed for three years, 120, whatever, you know, and then hit free agency again. Trey Turner obviously wanted the length and the comfort to settle in somewhere. So when you're in Dave Bronowski's shoes, you feel like you can win a World Series in the next two to three years. You feel like you can compete at that level. You have Trey Turner's agent where you're everybody in your your front office is screaming like five to seven years he's got value left. Five to seven years I'd give him. And his agent picks up the phone and calls and, and goes, hey, Padres offered him 11. Mm-hmm. Do you sit on your hands? What do you do? Well, you well, have I don't, you have to sign him. I, I, w- I would argue that the Padres didn't push the years. The Padres the Padres were trying to push the total money. The Phillies I would argue that the Phillies wanted the years to spread out the AAV to be able to continue to add guys like Taiwan Walker and, and Matt Strong. And to continue I mean, to be able to play people. That's what they did with Harper too, because Harper was only looking for eight or nine it came out and the, the Phillies initial offer was seventeen years. Because the Phillies strategy is to spread out the years to, to lower the AAV so that they're not – because, again, the Phillies, and clearly some teams are following in this, if that's what you want to say the Padres are doing, is to spread out the AAV so that it's one bad contract, and, yeah, it might be four years, but now it's not $40 million, it's twenty five. Which, if you look at the Bryce Harper contract, it's it worked. So you could be looking at the Trey Turner contract and saying that, I don't know. And I understand what you're saying, Colin. What do you do? You, I, I think, don't, where do you fall on this? I'm still like I'm still agreeing with Trevor with the he's good five to seven years, but then you also look you have Stout who is a young kid, so yep. when his time comes to take over, possibly take over at shortstop, does Trey Turner make that move to second base where he's you know not as action play all the time? Does he move into an eight or nine hole spot? as like his on base percentage as his legs start to get tired and then you have Stout kind of move in to that that role. He could be a really good mentor to help him take the Phillies much longer. Uh also just fun fact, uh Landon Dombrowski was my uh, bullpen catcher at Wake Forest. Just a quick That fun is a fact. fun fact. <laughs> so uh <laughs> Can we but, get him on the pod? I mean I could yeah. Can we <laughs> but I think I think maybe that could be a thought in Dombrowski's mind is, hey, have him solid six, seven years, slowly transition as his, as he just gets tired, fatigued out. But, I mean, there's big risk in all this stuff, and you know, they're taking big risks, and they're hoping that they can get a lot of a lot of uh, production out of him for a few years before he slowly kind of just fatigues out, just like a lot of older players, like a lot of Miguel Cabrera's pull hoses, like guys like that. Yeah, and I mean, again, that's that's it, right? Because that's the one that we always – I mean, that's the second time those guys have been mentioned. You look at those contracts and it's – it's there's the risk, right? Like, is Cabrera, has Cabrera been worth the value? 
he was worth it in the beginning, right? Like he won a triple crown. He was the best player in baseball. Pujols was injury riddled. That's why I don't like that one because it was never worth it for the Angels. Like it wasn't quite worth it. He wasn't the same Albert Pujols as soon as he left St. Louis. So that like that one was just more of a case of I don't even think the length was as big of an issue as the fact that just you never got the Albert Pujols you thought you were getting from the jump. Um, there's the risk there. And the one thing that I think, I will level with you guys on is the best way to do it is to just, if you can develop stars out of your farm system and draft and be able to sign the way the Astros do and find Christian Javier and Framber Valdez and all these guys, and that's the way to go. No doubt about it. Your organization is going to be healthier for it no matter what, because it gives you so much flexibility to do whatever the heck you want. Right. Yeah, but, and it's not that easy. No, and I know a, we, it's we make really, it sound, really hard. Right. And yes. we, because we talk about it in practice so much of, you know, just do this, just do that. And it's not that easy. And, and I, again, like I go back to the long-term free agent contracts and it's just, you know, you look at the Anthony Rendon contract too. It's just, which know, is another one where the guy stepped out of DC and it's not even the length of that one either. It's like the guy stepped yeah. out of DC and forgot who he was. Yeah. And it's just like it, the big argument that I come down to. And this is, again, this is why I disagree with these, these long contracts is do you want to pay for what the guy's been or do you want to pay for what the, you think the guy's going to be? And that's the, and that's the con- biggest thing. Yep. These contracts, Trey Turner has been worth 11 years, 300 million, but is he going to be worth 11 years, 300 million? I don't think so. I, I again, and I'm I, Trey Turner was my favorite player w- with the Nationals. Like I'll raise my hand, I'll I'll go to bat for him. I think he's a stud. I, I think he's been a great baseball player. I think he's you know very valuable, especially if they can get him to to run a little bit more and get himself in a scoring position and and just do some creative things with Trey Turner. Like he could bring a ton of value in those first three years. It's just the length of a contract. Like you you have to really wrestle with the idea of are we paying a guy for what he's been, which is what the Cabrera contract was, which what the Pujols contract which which Rendon contract Josh Hamilton Justin Upton like I mean we could go till we're blue in the face of the position player contracts that have just blown up and I think five out of seven of those were all with the angels in that last that last breath I used so you can talk about the kind of what they were but again and and you know to talk about like the Phillies tactic I mean this is a whole nother argument that you know we don't, I don't even know if we'd be disagreeing on, but just to kind of offer both sides for, for anybody listening, it's like, would you rather have dead money or get them off the more money early and get them off the books? Right. Like that's where it's like, would you rather overpay 5 million for Trey Turner for five years and pay? Like, so let's just say you sign him for 35 mil, you pay 40 mil a year. Hypothetically, I'm not saying he's worth that. It's just off the top of the head. He brings like 30 to 35 million of value for five years, but he's off the books and you free up that much money. Or would you rather have 28 million on the books for the next six when he's offering less? Like, okay, maybe for the first four years, he's worth 28 million, but then after year five and six, he's worth. 20 and then year 7 to 11 he's worth 10 right and you start to work like what's more worth it do you want a do you want six years of 18 million less or do you would you rather overpay for the first five and just be like wait we're biting the bullet you know year one he's going to sell tickets put people in the seats and we're overpaid i lean on the side of like even i'm surprised this is where i come down to like i'm surprised the guardians and rays haven't gotten into this game where they're like here's 35 million a year for three years because we the biggest issue with them is we can't long term have these guys on our books but if we can drive ticket sales jersey sales and get excitement along our 
our franchise for three years. Cause again, like for me, peace of mind is not having something on the books for 11 years, but I would rather overpay for the first five. Cause at least you're more likely to get value out of that guy. That seems close to what you're paying him. Colin. I agree. That yeah. was a lot. I just but- think, yeah. And, and let me ask you guys that Colin, do you think the Bryce Harper contract has been worth it? He's four years in, he's won an MVP. I think it has up to this point. I think it just took some time for him to get going, obviously. And I think the Phillies were missing a lot of pieces before they got to this point. But I think it's finally worked out. I think next year is going to be tough missing either your MVP or pretty much your star player for half the season. I mean, half the season, I know the Phillies picked it up towards the end of the year this year and kind of got caught stride and kept going, but who knows where they're going to be in the, uh, the all-star break. Who knows where the Braves are going to be? Are they going to be, you know, however many games ahead of them? Are the Mets going to be close? So it's just, it could be tough for next year, but I, I think they're getting what they wanted out of Bryce Harper. I think they are. Right. And then, and there's, there's where you, you find a lot of these teams doing this. Now you also have seen the teams taking the Braves route, right? Julio Rodriguez got locked up for 14 years. I also think we there's a lot of revisionist history that goes on with long-term deals. I mean, I, A-Rod signed two 10-year deals in his career. I would say both yeah, probably worked crazy. out for the teams that signed him. Yeah, right? that's Now, the true. one with the Rangers, he was younger, but then the one with the Yankees, I don't think the Yankees were mad with that. Derek Jeter, 10-year yeah. deal. I don't think well, and the, the Yankees – Like, the, Jeter signed a 10-year deal. I, and this is going way back, but, like, Dave Winfield was the first one to ever do it. And, like, Dave Winfield is a Hall of Famer. Like, that – so I think that – Again, what you have to, it's just also nuanced in case by case. And all of it, like Trevor, I'd like your thought of if I'm the Razor, I'm the Guardians, do I front load and go three or 40 million? Here's the issues with those, those two organizations. If you're paying one guy $40 million a year, like the Twins tried to do this with Cray and it didn't work. If I'm paying you 40 million and my budget is 100 million. Yeah. I got to spread well, 60 to, mil to the rest of this roster. Yeah, and how am I supposed to be thing. competitive? is the Twins don't have the player development of the Rays and Guardians. The Rays right. and Guardians could afford could to do pay it because they got so many guys on, on, on pre-art exactly. deals. Yeah, yep. but... And, and to kind of go back to the A-Rod and Dave Winfield, two things. One, those weren't... Like, they're handed out like candy now. Like Brandon Nimmo signed for yes. eight years. Like, yes. like yes. we're talking about Hall of Famers, best players in the league, yes. most valuable players. Like the Aaron Judges of the world, the Harpers, the Machados. Like those guys deserve ten-year contracts. And those and Trouts and Sotos and Tatises. Like those guys, the cream of the crop, deserve ten-year contracts. The Brandon Nimmos do not. And and even eight. Like the Brandon Nimmo screams like, dude, he signs multiple three-year like McCutcheon. Like that's what like. I feel like Brandon Nimmo is going to like be like, that's kind of the career trajectory you see is like where he kind of just bounces around for a couple years. And you're like, nah, you don't imagine Brandon, like Andrew McCutcheon gets locked up for eight years for that skill set. It's like, that's what the Brandon Nimmo contract is to me. It's like, you know, like, it's like, why would you do that for, for a guy for that long? And again, like my biggest thing is you better just keep that energy. And like also the whole age curve of this, you know, a rod is like, Steroid helped guys play longer. Wow, sure, sure. Stero- that's, like, and that's a conversation for different. Like Barry Bonds was still yeah. hitting pumps at forty-four. Like, it, it just like <laughs> he it probably made, still it, could. <laughs> yeah, he could, but it, it really did. Like, because the issue with long-term contracts is not performance; it's guys' bodies breakdown. 
right? And when you're a right-handed hitter like Miguel Cabrera that only does one thing well and it's create quality contact and hit for power, it's hard to be productive when your body doesn't feel great. Well, what do steroids allow your body to do? Feel great for a little bit longer. Like, and probably feel really, really good for a lot of bit longer if you use them the right way and you use them with the with the knowledge that these guys had. So that's the problem is guys break down, like even the Harper contract, like in, in theory, and like we haven't even talked about the biggest and probably the biggest name yet. Harper has nine years and 222 million left on his deal at 29 years old. Aaron Judge at 29 years old just signed for nine years, 360 million. Put that into perspective for a second. Like, that's insane. Because Aaron Judge is not that much better than Bryce Harper. But, and he so sell, and Harper if, sells just as many jerseys as, as Judge does, I'm sure. Right. I, and I guess, I again, that's where I feel like we're... Go ahead, Colin. I think, like, just going back to, like, Nimmo, like, he's just, like, consistent player. Like, you know what you're going to get every year but what does he do extra like is he like the like tatises like those elites of the elite like they're bringing in i mean it's like you're talking about like a lot more money a lot more uh just tickets and stuff like when you hear nimmo like a lot of people like don't really like recognize that name as much as like the tatises and like those big guys so i mean you know what you're going to get out of them but is he going to give you that little bit extra that a lot of those elites of the elites are bringing to you each year? You know, he's going to do everything right. He's going to hit 280, but I mean, five, six, five years from now, maybe he's going to be hitting 240. He's going to be slowing down. So it's tough. And what does Brandon Nimmo bring you when you, when he's hitting 240? Nothing. Nothing. Cause I mean, the power is not going to be there. It's, he hasn't always been that power guy. So he's just going to be, you know, just, that that guy that's hitting 240, 250 every year, and they're going to be, you know, kind of, you know, shooting themselves in the foot a little bit down the road, maybe. But we could be all wrong. You never know. He could yeah. be a freak of nature. He could be that thirty six year old. That's yeah. he could be like a Verlander, but a position guy. He could be something like that. So we never know. But I think historically we've seen it like not work as well. Yes, I think you've seen both sides of it, and that's what makes it fun to get on here and argue about because. Trevor kind of brought it up, and that's a like, what if? And I'm not going to make the argument for Brandon Nimmo because I don't like Brandon Nimmo the player. If it was up to me, I would pay Brandon Nimmo. I, like, I'm sorry, like I that one I get. I don't see the value in eight years, twenty one million dollars for Brandon Nimmo. I don't. I'm sorry, I get it. He was the spark plug, I guess, to that team. I would have argued Starling Marte was. He was a good player last year. Nimmo's battled injuries and he's battled inconsistencies his whole career. They feel he's coming into it. I think, again, the Mets is more so that guy just being like, I'm sticking to my promise of spending money. And Trevor, he is going to keep that same energy, that guy. The other if he the does, other organizations, I don't know if they're going to keep that same energy. That man will because he's got more money than any of us. right? Like Until but Jeff Bezos buys a team, he's going to have more money than everyone else. But yeah, it's so it, it's so funny because in practice you say that, but like when you start to have a couple of those contracts back up and you don't win games, what's the first thing a smart general manager is going to come and tell you? We yeah, can't but spend Steve Cohen money. and Steve Cohen's going to fire that. It, if this is my guess, I don't know. My guess would be Steve Cohen is going to fire that GM, bring in a GM who's going to throw more money at the problems. Don't you well, think Dave Dave Dombrowski, Dombrowski. would be the best <laughs> five years then? But don't you think but, that's the more realistic thing that would happen? 
I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at my Dave Dombrowski joke. I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> it, it's it, – it, yes, but it's also that's if they keep winning because – No, he's, I think he's even a, if they're losing, no, because, that guy's going to continue to throw money at the problem. But like that's I, – I just think he's not that stupid. Right, he's made like people. People remember what's the big thing? What, it, what do they say about billionaires? Billionaires didn't make a billion sure. dollars by spending so stupid spending. money. Okay, here's my question though. So when you, I guess my point is, is if you're saying they're losing, losing as in what? No one's showing like, up to the stadium anymore. They're winning forty games a year. No, like going eighty four and um, whatever that would be. To do get they to, still have the hype every season. spring and people are showing up? Yes, but that wears off. Dude, especially in I'm New asking, York. You know, but I'm asking in your hypothetical scenario because in that hypothetical scenario, if they're winning 84 games in every spring training, we're talking about the Mets as a potential World Series contender. Steve Cohen's going to he's going to continue to sell tickets. They're going to have a TV deal. He's going to continue to pay off the contracts that were qualifying as bad, and he's going to continue to spend more. So, like that, but, that in that case, you have to think about the whole thing. In that case, the, yes, yes, because exactly, he will keep spending money if yes. he's making it. He's going to keep spending it if he's. Taking but he also a, wants to. He'll never win. take in a loss. Right, he wants which to is win. why he would throw more money at the problem. But if he and starts to see that throwing money at the problem doesn't provide value, he's going to mm. have to make an adjustment. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. Maybe if we're five years, if we're even like two, three years down the road, Justin Verlander, you know, something happens. He's 40 years old. He blows out a hip, like, and you're paying 43 million to a guy that can't pitch in the playoffs. Well, that's two years. You give Who Max cares? Scherzer, I mean, he's banged up. But that's my point. Is that's why I like that contract. That's why I don't okay, mind. Yeah, like that. If you're gonna do it, like, do it that way to me. I wouldn't do it to a 39 year old. But I mean, his velo was fine. His stuff seemed good, above average. He, he did he win the Cy Young? He did win the Cy Young, right? He's coming off a of Cy Young, like all those things, like that. Like if if all your data tells you he's going to be valuable over the next two years, like freaking go do it. Yeah, but you're not tie- like that's better than tying up your money for five years. Doing the math in my head at thirty five mil a clip, right? Like sure. I would rather have two years at forty three than five years thirty five, right? Like that's just the way yeah. my brain processes that. Not everybody's a Verlander. I don't think a lot of people realize that he is a he's a baseball pitcher specimen. Like there won't be a there won't be another one of him for who knows how long. But right. is he's if uh, the Mets co and he keeps spending all that money, but then you look how's the farm system? How deep? How much can he just keep spending? And then how much is he just gonna kind of ignore? You know his players that he has now. So that could be something that could hurt him too. He's just going to keep spending money. Next thing you know, he's got a weak farm system trading prospects back and forth. You look at his triple. I don't. I'm, I mean, I don't know. You look at the AAA roster. You know, I don't know how big the depth is or how deep it goes in the even AA and high A. But I think that's something that could also be brought into question. Is stuff like that? Is if he keeps spending money on just these guys for however many years, how much depth does he have later? with other guys trying to come up. Well, that's the thing. You can't deplete your farm system. I, I like you, you, you can't. can't. You cannot salvage the farm. Like throw mm-hmm. as much money as you want at free agents, but you yes. shouldn't throw money at free agents if you're going to block a top prospect or it it doesn't allow them to grow. Like t- to me it's like if you if you can continue to add resources to your farm system and draft and develop those guys, then throwing the money at the free agents isn't what bothers me. Unless that you can be unless you can't pay right? the free agents. You, like, right. I, wait, I don't. I'm not sure who the 
like their triple A or double A like shortstop who their top prospects in the middle infield are. So maybe they saw that and thought, Hey, they're not ready for maybe five, six years. Let's get, let's keep Nimmo up here until those guys are ready. So that could be something that he was thinking, but still it's a big risk. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's such a balance because, but, and like you talk about prospects, it's like, how many t- how many times have we gotten to the trade deadline and every team is or any team is perfect and doesn't need to move pieces to get better? Not many. Never in right. major league history since we've followed and since there's been a trade deadline. That's my biggest thing. Ultimately, it comes down to we can build these perfect teams in the offseason with money, but you're always gonna have to move pieces. And it could be an injury. It could be a a big need. They could have a, a power bat need and have to move a Francisco Alvarez. They could have to move big prospects to to get what they want of a World Series. And that's when you deplete your farm system because you're like, oh, just spend money and build this perfect team so that you don't need to trade your prospects. Like It, it never works out like that. It will never, yeah, ever, ever, could, ever, ever work out But then out what's like the that. alternative to that? Not pay the free agents and have an even worse team and then hold the prospects and just be bad and miss the playoffs? No, you have balance? to balance. Oh. It's a balance. Agreed you have to balance, but I'm saying if you're saying in every case a team needs to trade prospects to get better at the deadline, there's never been a perfect team, then why does that – that shouldn't impede your free agent spending. Like those two things aren't as – free agent spending and trading your prospects aren't as tied together. Yeah, well, I'm just – I think it's in terms of building a like really, really like well-rounded team is it's picking and choosing your free agent spots, picking and choosing your trade – market right. and combining right. the two what it Which seems the like Steve last Cohen, year and- they did and it seems like what he's doing with the money is throwing money at everybody and there's going to come a time where he's going to have to move a prospect and it's just i just personally think it's an avalanche effect when you start to trend down that that like yes in year one in year two it was easy to not trade those prospects Right. But in year three, when your fan base is getting pissed and you've got 400 million and we still haven't won. And then you were your four and then you're, you're, no, you're losing Verlander. You know, you're losing Scherzer and you really think you could win this year. That Francisco, ah, really? This guy, I I mean, he's really good, but he's not bringing us anything now. Was he a guarantee to to be that guy? Like, we got to move him. Like, and then, and then you have your owner. Holding your GM's head over the fire, saying we got to make you got to make a move. We need it. The media is breathing down my neck. And I again, like in practice early, it's so easy to be like, I'm going to spend money. I'm going to build a winner. I'm going to do this X Y Z. But you can't handcuff your franchise. Like you can't. And and again, like it's it's funny because I sound like a hypocrite if any Mets fans out there is like. But you said the worry about Trey Turner's long-term contract is he doesn't get on base and his trade rate and Brandon Nimmo is great with that. Yes, but what Brandon Nimmo brings in on base percentage, he doesn't bring in anything else. You know? Not so, everything's perfect. Like the dot, yeah. they're not all deep where, I mean, just from my perspective, like playing those guys, like they're deep. Those organizations yeah. have dudes for Dude. years. Like, so could, you, know, you never know. <laughs> never no, know. And that's where, and, and again, I think we all like if, if you can have a if you can be that if you can be deep and have dudes all up and down the organization from rookie ball to triple A then then that's the way to go like that is the yeah. that is the way to be able to and do it pick um, and choose your free agents you know you can non tender right. um, right. Cody Bellinger you can let Corey Seager right. and Trey Turner walk you feel like Freddie right. Freeman and Mookie Betts skill set plays long term you feel it like. I yeah, think they just, operate on a different wavelength. 
and not everybody can be expected to do that. I think this season is just going to be a big, like, were those moves right? Right, yeah. By the time next October comes, are those teams going to be scrambling again for guys? Are they going to be, you know, having their GMs heads over the fire? Like, hey, we messed up here. We got to figure something Mm -hmm. out now or years from now we're going to be in a lot of trouble. So, I mean, all this stuff's happening, all the hype's coming about, but – Come opening day, are they going to perform for 162 games for the next however many years they sign? So I think this, I mean, it's every year. It's always, it's always the same thing, but I think this year they're going to, they're going to see if what their moves actually help them out or if they actually really hurt them. Right. And it's a copycat league. Dan, we say it all right. the time. It's a copycat league. And who's the darling going into this offseason? The Phillies. So everybody's got to match that energy. And right. again, time and time again, watch when the when the Rays are playing deep in October this year, or the Guardians are. Guess what next offseason is going to look like? It's going to be bare, except for Shohei Otani, which is the whole point. Like you see the Dodgers, they aren't playing the game right now because the Dodgers can pick and choose. They can push money aside and just be like, we're going to go get Otani next year. It's like – I'm going to stop you right again, there. again, it comes to depth. I'm going to stop you right there. Don't be surprised if the Dodgers – Opening day shortstop is Dansby Swanson. I'm telling you that now, because they can still it. pay Dansby Swanson and still pay Otani next off season. So yes, yeah, they can. the Dodgers look like they're being all cute and quiet, and you let Trey Turner walk, and it's like, yeah, they did. But we have other watch guys. when watch when watch when they get a, a bargain God, deal. He's going to look good and Dodger yeah, blue. Watch, I'm just saying, like I'm just making a prediction. I have no sources, I have no intel, but I wouldn't be shocked if opening right. day Dansby Swanson's playing shortstop for the Dodgers. And it'll be and they'll like get them four cheaper years, for Turner, which is million. Yeah. It'll like be four, like years four years, 25? Four years four at year, 20? Yeah, like it'll be something weird. Like four he'll, get, he'll, get, he'll get 200 million easy. Yeah. But, okay, so I just, before we, before we uh, run out of time here, I want to move on to another team because Xander Bogarts, you know, we talked about Trey Turner. Is it worth it? Xander Bogarts, 11 years, $289 million from the Padres. Can one of you explain to me what the Padres are doing? Because it was reported after Turner signs that they offered Trey Turner $341 million. Turner says, no, I'd rather go home. He goes to the East Coast. His wife is obviously from Flemington, New Jersey. Shout out Diamond Nation. Um, (laughs) And so they turn him down. Judge signs and it comes out after Judge resigns with the Yankees that the Padres offered Aaron Judge four hundred million, and then the next day the Padres signs Andrew Bogarts for eleven years, two hundred eighty-nine million. They have Fernando Tatis, who signed that monster contract everyone forgets before the Achilles and the steroids. They signed Manny Machado, obviously back in the same offseason as Harper in twenty nineteen for three hundred million dollars. Now they just gave out a two hundred eighty-nine million dollar contract. They have Juan Soto. Um, who Trevor has said on this podcast stinks. They have Juan Soto, who I think is one of the best players in baseball. Trevor doesn't. Um, it's pretty good. Who's going to be a free agent after next year? Two years. What are they doing, and where are they putting these guys? Clearly, they're moving Tatis to the outfield. I guess Bogarts will move off short at some point to let Kim play short. And Machado's in the corners. Cronenworth now slides to first. Do we like what they're? What are they doing? Can anyone tell me? Do we like what they're doing? Are they just I trying to load sc- up? I think they just scrambled after they lost Turner. They were like, hey, we need to get somebody now or we're never going to get him. We're going to lose Swanson to the Dodgers. We're going to lose Bogarts maybe back to the Red Sox. So I think maybe they 
scramble to try to get him. But then again, 11 years, that's a long contract for a position guy. And just knowing like their farm system playing them and just knowing who they have now, 11 years for Bogarts, is he going to be that good in year 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 or, or not? So I think they scrambled and just tried to sign somebody. But we also don't know what they were thinking, what, what their moves were. Yeah, I just think it feels like just a, a like a casserole of I don't know big names, which might work. And and like Trevor said, the Phillies are the darlings, so maybe it'll be great. But I don't know. Are they going to try and get Otani next year? The Padres? They're going to battle with the the Dodgers back? Probably. And forth? Well, right. That's that's where that's where my brain goes is the fact that Juan Soto is going to be a Dodger, and then you're going to be kicking yourself that you tied up so much money in. Um, in Tatis Machado sorry, and Bogarts. I'm, yeah, I'm getting distracted because my dog got in the room, but that you tied up so much money in, you know, three, four guys and Xander Bogarts and then, you know, Juan Soto's playing for your biggest rival and you lose out Shohei Otani potentially in that as well and just everything like that. But the one thing that I will say too is is the fact of the matter that when you uh, it kind of gives me peace of mind with the fact that for an organization to give out multiple big-time contracts and to keep doing it, that means they find comfort in the fact that they've given big-time contracts out. You know what I'm saying? Like, they aren't getting scared off by big-time contracts, which maybe they're just waiting to be bit in the butt and, and really regret one of those. But the reality of it is it, it means they are, whether you want to say committed, whether you want to say, you know, just trying to fill out that roster, I mean, it's going to be a bunch of chess pieces, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if they're willing to do it and they're willing to compete for Soto next year too, and like really sign him to a big time contract. Cause that's, that's going to be a lot of money tied up in multiple guys, but they really haven't had any big time contracts that have really put them back. I guess is the best way to say it. Padres are good. They're always going to be good. It's just, yeah. I mean, I mean, and to me, it feels like AJ Preller is always going to gunsling, which we've talked about on here before. And it feels like the you're trying to chase down the Dodgers, which how do you do it if you're the Padres? You've depleted your farm system with all the trades you've made. And so now it's like, well, if I'm going to catch the Dodgers, I just got to keep getting names in. And I mean, I mean, on paper, it's a really good lineup. Like that lineup's going to be scary. How long does it last? Like does Machado's contract age well? I don't know looks great to me so far and again i'm one of, yeah. i'm clearly of the belief that like if the padres are in the playoffs every year from now on they're threatening to win world series and they win one then a lot of these deals are worth it i don't yeah. care what it looks like definitely worth and, it. and that's that's the biggest thing that, that that's the elephant in the room let's call it like is that we don't know you know what i'm saying like everybody says these these owners they have money they make so much money there's so much revenue and i yeah i believe it i i lean on the side of saying yeah 100% they do have all that money they do you know all these things and and it, it puts them in a position where they're able to sell tickets and everything like that but it's very hard for us to know what that means right selling out the park every night like the phillies are going to sell out every game this year Remember what was the sellout streak from 2008 to 2012 or whatever it was? It was unreal. How much value is that worth? You know, just being above five, six games above 500 for a whole year for a franchise like the Philadelphia Phillies is probably worth 300 million in its own of revenue over five years. 
probably like this just but again these are all just rough estimates this is like and all we can sit here and concretely like say like i have eyes on the fact of like xander bogarts isn't worth 11 years 280 like that's the only thing i can concretely tell you i believe now how much funny money is behind the business behind the scenes how much money is actually going into this how much money they make how much money they project to make off of jersey sales and bobbleheads and and anything i don't i i don't know you know, and that, that's kind of where I lean towards this argument is you probably argue that every big contract's worth it because people pay attention now and people come to watch those people play. And it's, you know, like Bryce Harper effect's been huge for the Philadelphia Phillies. They, they sold 300 million in Jersey sales in the first three months of his, him signing a contract. It's like, that's the tough part. And I, you know, from, from a Xander Bogart's player perspective, like I, I do think he's got a skill set that can play for a while. I don't, I just don't know about 11 years. I don't. I think like the Padres are like trying to like uh, well, one of you mentioned like playing catch up like they're getting Bogarts, but the Dodgers not having a shortstop right now. But knowing the Dodgers, like you were saying, like probably Swanson could be a guy, but they're probably going to be smarter and sign that guy for four or five years instead of that eleven years. So that's also something. Like you could also think about is they they're trying to play catch up. They're trying to get over the Dodgers, but the Dodgers always play quiet because they know they have other guys that can back up that can be there. They're still going to be a probably a hundred win team every single year for however long. So they're playing quiet, and I think the Padres are kind of like, hey, we're we're still fighting, trying to climb over them, trying to play catch up. But signing an eleven year deal to a shortstop who I don't know how old Bogarts is, but. 11 29. Years yeah, 20, believe, yeah. 11 years. He's going to be well, he's in his 40s when he's still playing. It's going to be tough. So I think the Padres saw like, hey, we're trying to get over the Dodgers here. Is this deal going to be worth it? But we also don't know what Bogarts was telling other teams like, hey, I want these 11 years. I want to get these 11 years done, get my service time, and I'll be done by the time I'm 40 years old and I can retire and live happy. But, you know, that's just something else to look at. Yeah, I, I- it's and and that's the like to me that's the position that one the Dodgers are ridiculous. We haven't mentioned that in, in a little while since they got knocked out. But you're so they right. Are. Like they're just you know the Dodgers are going to reel off a hundred wins every year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Think about actually saying that. That's so ridiculous. They win a hundred games like, at will every yeah. year. I mean they're far, they, like playing their farm teams. Every it's year. Totally it's just like I, mean, I can't them, imagine playing them in high. I'm, I can't Dow imagine play. <laughs> James Alvin, Andy Pies, then you got um, Vargas. It's just like it, it's it never, it never. It's like one no, guy right. after another. So they have guys. So they're playing quiet. They're playing smart. So then, hey, they're going to steal Swanson here for four or five years. The Padres are going to be. I mean, I'm not going to say they're dumb because I mean they they got probably a guy they wanted, but they're right. probably like laughing like, hey, you got that guy for 11 years, like. That's probably not good. We're going to have Swanson for five, six really good years, and then Vargas is going to come in and lead the crew for the next ten years after that. While yeah, Bogarts or, or whoever is, they draft. Yeah, whoever they. I mean, but then you have Bogarts who still got six plus years on his contract, so they're playing quiet, but they do everything right just from a developmental standpoint. Everything right. That's insane. And, it, it, it's like, and they got Kershaw on 20, 20 million a year. Like Kershaw well, just well, comes back. He was back never going like to leave, 13. right? Like he just, he's just like, I just want to be a Dodger. <laughs> he's a Which Dodger for life. He's going to yeah. be a Dodger Hall of Famer. He's going to stay there for the rest of his life. He loves that place. They love him. He's not going anywhere. Right. And he's sick. 
And like we, yeah. we did a whole episode at the end of the summer on Kershaw about how he's like still so good and people just don't talk about it because yeah, he's not pitching to a one eight anymore. He's like, pitching how to a two two. Invented himself. Oh, like he's so good. Right. He's so good. Like they are so good. Um Yankees fans, I'm sorry we've talked about enough about New York teams. We'll 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 talk about Aaron Judge next week because obviously I don't want to just do five minutes on Aaron Judge. I don't think you guys do either. Um, I do want to say there's a couple other deals that I want to talk about next week, including Wilson Contreras, because I think that was a, a brilliant move by the Cardinals to address a need. I kind of wish they had mm-hmm. traded for Sean Murphy so they could have also gotten Colin Palouse, but that's something we can also discuss next week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's but, me. Uh, hey, you talk about that. <laughs> look, that's just I'm the just A's. Saying. I mean, look at, you look at the A's who they've asked for the past couple of years with Olsen. They've gotten the prospects. So I wonder if there was some some fighting back and forth between who they wanted. So, but yeah, we can talk about that next week for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I that is interesting because I wonder if the A's do deal because our teams are going to have. I mean, they still need catchers out there. Um. Do you guys have any final thoughts on the guys we've talked about? I mean, I think we kind of all are in agreement that like it's, it's going to be tough to play it out. I think we also agree that if, if these teams are winning, if all these, if you know, if you can win a World Series and you do, then it, it helps make these contracts a little more swallowable. And also, I think that the market drives a lot of this, right? If you're going to lose out on a guy because you're not willing to go to eleven, then at what point you're going to have to go to eleven? And then also yeah. to the point of, for me, it's like Aaron Judge was signed for nine years and. 360 and Bryce Harper has nine and 222 left and in the same age. So maybe Xander Bogarts, yeah, the first five years are great, but then people, you know, someone's the same age as him is signing one for a five year deal for 150 million and Bogarts doesn't quite have that left on his deal. It's tough to know. Yeah. I think the main just thing is like how much, like how valuable these long position player deals are going to be. I'm, I guess we'll see 10 years from now when we have our podcast, we're making millions because we said this today that these long-term position player contracts are a huge risk. Huge. But, hey, 10 years from now, maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe those guys will be, you know, the specimen 35, 37-year-old dudes that are still producing, but you never know. Well, yeah, of all I the think... things that we have the chance to be right or wrong on, Colin, I hope the thing we're right about tonight is the fact that 10 years from now we're still doing this and we're making money doing it. Trev, final yeah. thoughts? Well, <laughs> I, I was going to say, Colin, my favorite line's always to, to say that I put it on a recorded platform, so all my takes are uh, are for everybody to see. So you, you now get to experience that in 10 years when, when our names are actually recognizable in the baseball world from our podcast. They're going to be like, you said this, you idiot. I'm going to be like, oh, Kirk, thanks. But, yep. you know, again, like, like there, there's so many things that go into it. And, and again, like the, we had a podcast basically talking about like the – factors that going to sign in free agent deals right the market what are guys asking for do you guys want length do you guys not want length and just so many things it's like and at what point as a franchise do you say screw it and just go get the guy that you think is going to help you win tomorrow and it, and i think that's what i see both sides of it right the players wanted length it, that seems to be the the kind of de facto go-to is like i want more length i don't want the front heavy deal i don't want it and you know, teams were just basically saying like, hey, that's what the market dictates, right? The market's dictating us to go get this guy for 11 years. So let's do it because we think we can win a World Series in the next four to five. And again, one World Series ring probably brings back the value of, of one big contract. But, you know, I just think long term, like, like Dan, you mentioned that somebody at the, at the same age, like you said, with the Harper and Judge thing is signing for more. It's like, 
I would, I personally would just rather take my chances on the guy that I signed hitting free agency and us having to pay him more for the next five. Right. Like that, that is a risk I would be more willing to run because it doesn't happen that often with position players. It's just the aging curve of position players is like 22 to 27. And just giving guys in the high 20s, judge included, it, long-term contracts, I just – I don't see it pan, panning out for, for these guys in year 6 through 9 and 6 through 11 and stuff like that. But, again, in 10 years, hopefully we're still doing this. Hopefully we're getting called out for it. I'll be very happy and excited to be to be at that point 10 years down the road if somebody's calling me out for being an idiot on this day. Uh, that's fine with me. <laughs> We said it first. Yeah. Is it going to be good or bad? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's a good point, and, and it's something you just got to weigh. I mean, it's the risk reward and what teams are willing to do and what the market is doing. And and I'm think honestly, I think if it was up to Scott Boris, Trevor, I think you, every one of his clients would be signing the deals you're talking about. So that it was yeah. three years. They're making forty-five mil a year, and then three years from now, when they have this, they produce at the same level they are. They're hitting free agency again, making three years and forty-seven million. Um, I think if it was up to him, it would yep. be that way. I think yep. the teams are the ones who are trying to spread the AAV out, and that's why they're saying we'll take eleven. Like we'll give you eleven. Like Bryce, you're getting three thirty. Here's thirteen years though. Trey Turner, we'll give you that number three hundred. We knew it was going to start with a three for Trey Turner because that's what the market was dictating. Did we? We're going to do it over eleven years. <laughs> yeah, and and did again, you say, like, did we? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think we did I know that with Machado and surprised. Harper. And, I, yeah, I feel like those. I guys would have said Trey Turner. I, I mean, ages. I guess I didn't. Premium position because those guys were twenty six. Though those guys were twenty six when they signed their contract. That's why I'm the most surprised about. Yeah, the but also the number. economics of the. You know, the economics have changed in the last three years. I'm not going to keep arguing about this. <laughs> Make sure you rate, download, rate, subscribe, like, follow us on social media at Backside Ground Balls. We're live on YouTube. Colin, welcome TikTok to the show. Coming soon. TikTok coming soon. Colin, we're super excited to have you. We'll be back next week. We'll continue to break these down. Maybe we'll have another more. Maybe Dansby Fonson will have a team next week. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe Sean Mervy get traded. I have some more stuff going on. There you go.